and I'm Messianic rabbi and missionary to Jewish people. I'm working with Chosen People Ministry for more than 20 years. And before I will go any further with my topic today, I would like to set it up very important agreement with you. It's important for me, but I believe it's even more important for you. Why? Because I can bring my message in two ways. I can speak, let's say, uh, my broken English, or I can speak my straight Russian. Which way do you prefer? English. wise pastor. Let me begin with my English. But if you will not understand me, tell me right away, and I will switch it to my Russian. I hope you are people of God and you bring your Bible with you, did you? Yes. Okay. Because, because we have to go through the Bible today. I, uh, I'm going to read from my complete Jewish Bible. You're going to read from your translations. Words may be different, but hopefully you will understand the meaning. So, please open your Bibles on the page of the contents of the Bible. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Please show it to me. It seems to me we are on different ages. <laughs> I'm on the book of Leviticus, chapter 23. And this is the real page of the contents of the Bible. I know we as a believers in the Messiah, as a Christians, we know when we need God, we begin to pray and we believe that he is near us and he answers for our prayer. Yeah. And this is true. But Prophet Isaiah in chapter 55 saying, searching for the Lord when he is near. And I believe in chapter 23, this is exactly the place where God called us, his people to come to God's presence. He put here his plan of salvation. He put here his way of appointed times. If you read carefully this chapter, you can find that God created and he called to come to his presence eight different appointed times. Unfortunately, today I don't have time, and today is not my purpose, to show to you all of them. But believe all of them are very, very, very important. And all of them play special role in God's plan of salvation. I know as a Christian, we are very cheer and very uh, pay attention for our personal salvation. 
yes, this is very important, but it's just the beginning of God's plan of salvation. Because in those chapters, he showed that he loved to save not only individuals, he wants to save whole Israel. He wants to save whole universe. He wants to save everybody. And this is his plan of salvation, which we can find in first and second coming of the Messiah. All these things have part on his first and second coming of the Messiah. So today we're going to talk about only four feasts of Israel. And if you go to uh, Jewish Messianic theology, you can find that most of the feasts which come prior, feasts on the spring, feasts of the summer, they are more fulfilled in the first coming of the Messiah. Four feasts of, of the scripture, four feasts of Israel, those feasts more going to be fulfilled on his second coming. And we're going to emphasize this during our teaching today. So, let's go to read. I will read from Leviticus chapter 23, verses 25, I'm sorry, 23 to 25. Adonai said to Moshe, tell the people of Israel, in the seven months, the first of the months, is to be for you a day of complete rest, for remembering a holy convocation announced with the blessed on the shofar. Do not do any kind of ordinary work and bring an offering made by fire to Adonai. So, we see here that God commanded to the people of Israel that they have to bring a special offering, fire offering. They have to set it up this day apart, no work. And on this day, they have to do special, something very special. What? They have to blow the shofar. Why we have to blow the shofar? I will explain to you a little later. But now, let's blow the shofar. So don't be scared, be blessed. Sounds has meaning. And our rabbi 
And again, this is not Christian teaching, this is rabbinical teaching. They tell us that those sounds are very, very important. The first sound, it's called tekiya, as a middle-sized sound like to do. And meaning of this sound, according to rabbinical teaching, prepare the way. King Messiah is coming. The second coming, we call it Shavarim. It's three short uh, sounds like to do, to do, to do. And meaning of this sound is let's valley go up and mountains go down. Prepare the king's highway. King Messiah is coming. And the third sound is quite funny. It's called it. Um, Tekiya. Tekiya is nine staccatos, like tu-tu-tu-tu-tu-tu-tu-tu. And the uh, meaning of this sound is to scare Satan. Because according to the book of the Job, Satan on that period of the year coming before the throne of Adonai, and he tried to claim and blame Jewish people. So we blowing uh, those staccatos to scare Satan to do so. And the last and the longest uh, sound, it's called Tekiya Gidola. And meaning of this sound is King Messiah is here. So the whole feast of Yom Teruah, <coughs> day of the sound of the trumpet, or shofar, <coughs> It's concentrating on the coming of the Messiah. Even in Jewish traditional rabbinical teaching, it means the day of the judgment is coming. When judgment is coming, when we blow into shofar, when we blow into shofar, when harvest is ready, when harvest is ready, spiritual and physical, when we blow into the shofar. It's very interesting teaching, preparing us for the day of the judgment. That's why in Christian theology, we also know, even we are safe, when Messiah, King Messiah will come, it's gonna be special judgment for us. Judgment of white throne. When we will have to give the answer before the King Messiah, how we used to live. And this is very, very important for us to be ready for this entire moment. Uh, we don't know exactly the time. Messiah said, we don't know the day and the time. But we do know the season. Why? Because the angel of Adonai will blow the shofar and we will be ready to meet our Messiah. So, another interesting uh, moment in uh, Jewish history, according with the blowing of the shofar, come with the story which call it Akedah, the bounty. You can read about this story in chapter 22 of Book of Genesis. It's going to be your uh, homework. Homework. 
but I will just give you full few moments of this story because it's very, very important. Remember, God called to Abraham. Abraham, Abraham. When you see in the scripture, when two words are repeating, it should take your attention. So God called to Abraham. And Abraham said to God, here I am. It sounds very easy in English, but in Hebrew, there is two different uh, explanations, two different expressions, how we can say, here I am. We can simply say, here I am physically, or we can say, here I am, and ready to do whatever you command me to do. In Hebrew, it sounds, hineni. So guess how Abraham answered? Of course, he answered, hineni. Here I am and ready whatever you have to command me to do. And then God said to Abraham, take your son. And unfortunately, in the Torah, we don't have whole conversation between God and uh, Abraham. But in Talmud, in rabbinical commentary, we can read such a kind of conversation. So when God called to Abraham and said, take your son, Abraham answered to him. Which one? I have two of them, Isaac and Ishmael. And God continued, take whom you love. And he said, I love both of them. Then God continued, take the only one. You see, the pattern of the conversation is going near and near and near. And Abraham answered, both of them are only one of each of their mother. And then God said, take your Isaac. My dear brothers and sisters, I strongly believe that God called to everyone and each of us who are sitting here, maybe once, maybe twice, maybe three times in your lifetime. So, think twice, but three times, when you answer to God, Hineni. Because if you said to God, Hineni, here I am, and ready to do whatever you command me to do, you're ready that God will tell you, bring your Isaac. Bring something which is in the bottom of your heart and sacrifice to him. It's very, very important to understand that God called to us. He is not joking. He is very serious. And our response can be very, very deep. So God said, take your Isaac and bring him to the Mount of Moriah and sacrifice him. Anybody of you have been in Israel? Not yet. My dear brothers and sisters, I highly recommend you mm -hmm. go to Israel because I strongly believe that geography will help your theology. When you will come to this land, you will feel it, the presence of Holy Spirit. Is that right? Sir? Yes. Yes. The holy ground, as we're thinking today, it's right there. And most of holy grounds, Israel 
is Mount of Moriah. This is the same place where God commanded to Abraham to sacrifice his son. This is exactly the same place where a thousand years later, King Shlomo, King Solomon, built up the temple and sacrifices had been established. This is this, exactly the same place where a thousand years later, Yeshua the Messiah had been sacrificed. It's not coincidence. <clears throat> this is a special holy place. So Abraham should go there and sacrifice his son. Three days and three nights they travel over there. I remember when the first time read this portion of the scripture, I was amazed what the, the father should think that he has to sacrifice his son. I'm a father, I have son only one and I could not even imagine that I can sacrifice my own son and Abraham three days and three nights thought about this but he was faithful so when he stepped, stepped on that mound they built up the altar with his son and that scripture saying Isaac bound it Sorry, Abraham bounded Isaac on the altar. That's right. Mm -hmm. What do you think? How old was Isaac on that time? Mm -hmm. Any idea? <coughs> no. I don't hear you. Thirteen. Thirteen. Most common number. Any other thoughts? According to the scripture, it's right there. He was 37 years old. 37. His father was 137 years old. So Isaac was, I guess, much stronger than his 137 uh, old father. I guess that as Abraham was obedient to heavenly father, his son person's son was obedient to Abraham. I believe Isaac lay down by himself and led Abraham to take him. And Abraham raised up his hand with his knife. And in his mind, he probably already sacrificed his son. But right in this moment, angel of Adonai called to Abraham and said, Abraham, and he said again, he named, here I am, and ready whatever you command me to do. And he said, don't kill yourself. I see your face. Turn around. There is substitute sacrifice. And it was ram. That's why we're blowing the shofar, which is originally was ram's horn. We're blowing the shofar to remind ourselves the faithfulness of our forefather, Abraham, to God. And this is remind to us how we have to behave to God Almighty. Amazing, wonderful story which reminds us about, about this 
wonderful moment from our history. And I said that in the future, it's going to be a special sound of the shofar. Let's open up our scriptures on the book of First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians chapter 4. First Thessalonians chapter 4, I will read verse 16. For the Lord himself will come down from the heaven with rousing cry, with the call from the bond of the ruling angels, and with God's shofar. I don't know what your translation is saying, but in my translation, it's saying it's going to be God's shofar. When Archangel of Adonai will call, and on that time, it's going to be a sign, it's going to be sound for the uh, special occasion which uh, Christian knows as a rapture. And it's saying, those who die united with the Messiah will be the first to rise. Then we, who are left, will still lie, will be caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the, in the air. And thus we will always be with the Lord. Again, we don't know the day exactly. We don't know the time exactly. But we do know the season. When? When shofar is blowing. When shofar is blowing, when physical and spiritual harvest is ready for his first coming and especially for his second coming. Go back to the book of Leviticus. After the uh, day of the trumpets, it's coming 10 days, which calling, uh, Jewish people calling days of hope. It's special time when they repent, when they're doing good deeds, when they're doing uh, uh, good uh, 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 they give money, they give uh, charity. That's what's happened mostly in those 10 days. Just repentance, doing good deeds and charity. Why? Because according to the Jewish tradition, within ten, those 10 days, God of the heaven decided which name he will write in the book of death, which name he will write in the book of uh, life, and most of the uh, names are going to the intermediate book of books. Within those 10 days, God may change his mind and he will bring people doing right uh, deeds and doing uh, repentance and charity. He might change his mind and he switches their names from the book of death to the intermediate book or even to the book of life. And in the end of those 10 days, 
we come up to another feast which call it Yom Kippur, or Day of Atonement. And we're going to read uh, about this feast in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 26 to uh, 32. Adonai said to Moshe, the ten days of this seven months is Yom Kippur. You are to have a holy convocation. You are to deny yourselves. And you are to bring an offering made by fire to Adonai. You are not to do any kind of work on that day. Because it's Yom Kippur, day of atonement. To make atonement for you before Adonai your God. Anyone who does not deny himself on that day is to be cut off from his people. And anyone who does any kind of work on that day, I will destroy from among his people. You are not to do any kind of work. It is permanent regulation through all your generation, no matter where you live. It will be for you a Shabbat of complete rest. And you are to deny yourself. You are to rest on your Shabbat from evening of the nine days of the month until the following evening. So, now we have commandment. Do not do any kind of work on that day. And we have to deny ourselves. It means that we have to keep the feast fast. Sorry. Keep the fast for 25 hours. Uh, some people not even take a shower. Some people don't uh, don't use the comfortable clothes or shoes. So they try to deny themselves. It was a special day in Jewish year. You can read in Leviticus chapter 16 and 17 that on that day, whole Israel should, at least all men from from whole congregation, should gather around the temple. It was hundreds of thousands of people. On that day, only one man, high priest, Kohen Kagadol, was allowed to come to the territory of the temple. He, by himself, made 15 different sacrifices on that day. He changed his clothes 10 times. He has to take a mikvah, ritual basing, five times. He has to uh, purify his hands and his feet 10 times. It was huge work, huge work. And purpose, only one. He has to bring the blood of uh, sacrifices for him, for his family, for whole priests into the Holy of Holies and sprinkle over the uh, um, Ark of the Covenant. And second set of the uh, sacrifices, it was for people of Israel. And he also have to bring blood into the uh, holy of holiness and sprinkle over the Ark of the Covenant. If God accepts those uh, 
sacrifices, if God accepts the prayer of high priest, high priest Teilhard, you remember, on the garment of high priest, on the bottom was numbers of small bells. So every time when he went to the Hall of Holiness, he put robe against his waist, and another hand was out of the temple. And if people of Israel did not hear the sound of those bells for a while, probably they can pull it out, their bodies. And that was heaven. I know many, many people, unfortunately, did not recognize the holiness of the temple. They saw this as the just tradition. They saw this is just ritual. It was the place where we can meet the whole one, his Shekinah. It was very, very serious. And it was happened, we know that through Jewish uh, historical book that numbers of high priests was not so holy or their sacrifices have not been accepted and that body had been pulled out from the holy place. It was very, very serious. So God created such a kind of day for people of Israel to make atonement. If high priest went out the second time from the Holy of Holies alive, it was huge roar, huge cry of thousands, tens, hundreds of thousands of people was all around the temple. God accept us. God forgive us. He gave us atonement for this year. It was outstanding moment. It was great, 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 great moment for everybody. So what's gonna happen in the future on the second coming of the Messiah? After 10 days of the judgment, after 10 days of the uh, white throne judgment for the believers, God will make his atonement. And he will take those who he accepted, as scripture saying, on heaven, and we will be with him on thousand years messianic kingdom. That's what is promised. Messianic kingdom will be here on the earth. That's what we're expecting on his second coming. And then, we go, we are going to the, uh, the third uh, feast, which is called Feast of Sukkot. I'm going to read from verses 39 of uh, chapter 23 until the uh, verse 43. But on the 15 days of the seven months, when you have gathered the produce of the land, you are to observe the festival of Adonai seven days. The first day is to be a complete rest, and the eighth day is to be complete rest. On the first day, you are to take a chosen fruit, palm fronds, uh, sacred branches, and river willows. 
and celebrate in the presence of Adonai, your God, for the seven days. You are to observe it as the feast to Adonai, seven days in the year. It is permanent regulation, generation after generation. Keep it in the seven months. You are to live in Sukkot for seven days. Every citizen of Israel is to live in Sukkot. So the generation after generation of you will know that I made the people of Israel live in Sukkot when I brought them out from the land of Egypt. I am Adonai, your God. Very interesting. We have to do a lot on this feast. We have to build up the special <coughs> dwelling, which call it Sukkot. It's not permanent dwelling. It's temporal dwelling. It's not four walls. It's just three walls. There is no ceiling. It's just few branches of the uh, trees. The purpose that we have to live in such a kind of dwelling for seven days to remember what God has done for Israel when they traveled in the wilderness. Remember, when God was hungry, God provided. When they've been thirsty, God provided. When enemies attacking Israel, God fought for them. Even victory was belongs to the people of Israel, but God fought for them. So when we have to live, live in uh, such a kind of dwelling, we have to see the sky and we have to remember that whole help will come from above. People of Israel, when they uh, live in Sukkah, they have to sleep there, we have, we have to, they have to eat there, they have to live like at home. And on those days, they totally, totally depends on God. Also, they have to make a special uh, gathering of different kinds of uh, trees and bathe it before the Lord. Why? Because we have to remember that all people of Israel have different uh, attitude to the Lord. For instance, it, over there it's, uh, it's talking that we have to take a chosen fruit. It's called lulav. In uh, lulav, we have special fruit, which call it a trog. And a trog have beautiful uh, smell and have very good taste. It's a reminder for us that there is people of Israel who read the scripture, read the Torah, and they doing good deeds. Another part is palm fruits, for instance. Palm fruits have beautiful appearance. They don't have good taste. It's reminded that in Israel there are people who are doing good deeds, but they are not reading the Torah. Another one, the river willows. River willows doesn't have any good uh, appearance, neither the good taste. It's reminding that among people of Israel, there are people who are not doing good deeds or reading the Torah. So all together, we hold Israel. 
We are all different, but all together we are the community of the Lord. And it's very interesting that Yeshua, when uh, he was ready to go to his father, he said to his disciples, I'm going to my father. And he has place for you. If he doesn't have place, I will build it. And it's going to be permanent dwelling for you. Now we are living here on this earth in temporary dwelling. Our bodies just temporarily dwelling, temporarily succumb. But when we join our Lord on the heaven, we will live in permanent with him. Another interesting moment. Yeshua uh, attending all feasts when he was living here on the earth, including feast of Sukkot. In chapter 7 of book of uh, John, of Gospel of John, uh, we are reading that Yeshua was there on that feast in the temple. And when um, people of Israel celebrating uh, Feast of Sukkot, they have interesting, very interesting rituals. One of the rituals is that uh, within seven days, they have to go to the pool of Shalom. It's about one mile from the Temple Mount. They have to bring the water and go back to the Temple Mount and they pour it out over the altar, that water. And high priest pray that God will send the uh, early and late rains for the Israel. And that was very important because water was the, the most uh, valuable treasure among a people of Israel, even now, even now. So Yeshua knew such a kind of tradition, and that's what he said in chapter 7, verses, um, verses 37. Now, on the last day of the festival, Hoshana Rabbah, Yeshua stood and cried out, If everyone is thirsty, let him keep coming to me and drinking. Whoever puts his trust in me, as the scripture says, rivers of living water will, come, will flow from his inmost being. Uh, let's see uh, this verse in details. On the last day of festival Hoshana Rabbah, I know in the churches uh, people singing a uh, very popular song, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna uh, in the high, right? Uh, do you have any idea what does it mean Hosanna? When you singing Hosanna, what does it mean? I don't hear you. I don't hear you. 
Glory to God. I know. That is what's most common meaning. But in Hebrew, the word koshana means save us. Save us. Hoshana Ravine was seven days of disease. It was day when people of Israel crying to God, save us, save us. Messianic, <coughs> sorry, Feast of Sukkot has special meaning among all feasts. It's Feast of Messianic Kingdom in rabbinical teaching. So when Jewish people celebrate Feast of Sukkot, they cry out to God that he will save them and they will live with King Messiah. Very, very important thing. Remember, it was the, the moment in the Feast of Pesach, Passover. Yeshua came to Jerusalem on the donkey. And what's happened with people who came to celebrate Passover? Remember? They all of a sudden took palm trees, became, began, began to wave, and what they shouting? Hoshana. What does it mean? It means they recognize Yeshua as the Messiah. And when Messiah coming, what we have to do? We have to celebrate Sukkot. Forget about Passover. Messiah is here. Let's take lulavs and let's waving and shouting Hoshana. Save us. Messiah is here. Let's celebrate Sukkot. And then Yeshua saying, if you are thirsty, you're crying out for the, for the uh, rains. You're crying out for the water. I'm telling you. Scripture saying, if you will believe in me in source of eternal water, eternal life, you will not only not thirsty, from your inmost being will come rivers of living water. Another great tradition, it was in the evening, every evening, four huge menorahs light up on the yard of the temple. And in every house, uh, people lighting up the candles. It was beautiful, beautiful picture. In the evening, Jerusalem was shining like a diamond. So Yeshua knew this tradition as well. That's why he said in chapter 8, verses 12, he said, Yeshua spoke to them again, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in the darkness, but will have the light which give life. Outstanding, outstanding moment, my dear brothers and sisters. Yeshua showed to Jewish people, to, to those traditions, that he is deep meaning of whole feast. He came to fulfill those feasts. He will come again to fulfill those feasts. He is the real center of all those traditions and ritual, the rituals 
And if we see and understand this, he will, he will be that, uh, that mark. How is it going to be fulfilled in the future? Just open to me with two pages, two, two um, places in the scripture. First one in the book of Revelation, chapter 21. Book of Revelation, chapter 21. Few more minutes. I will read verses from 1 to 4. Then I saw a new heaven and new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth has passed away, and the sea was no longer there. Also I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, permanent valley, coming down out of heaven from God, preparing like a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, God Shekinah is with mankind and he will live with them. They will, will be his people, and he himself, God, will with them, will be their God. He will wipe away every uh, tear from their eyes. There will no longer be any death, and there, there will no longer be any mourning, crying or pain, because the old order has passed away. What does it mean? It, this uh, passage from the scripture talking about the time when after messianic kingdom, after thousand years of messianic kingdom, new dwelling, permanent dwelling, new Jerusalem will come down from the heaven. So, at that moment, God will live with uh, his people and his people will call him God with us. And it's not going to be any tear, any death. That's going to be a wonderful moment when old order, what is old order, the scripture, what we have now, will pass it away. It's not yet. We're still living under old heaven. We are still living on the old earth from the beginning, and that's why we have the scripture with us. That's our guidance from the beginning to the end. But in the, in the future, a new heaven, new earth will be here. God will live with us, and he will wipe away not only any tears, but all order as well. That's how it's going to be in the future, fulfillment of the Feast of Sukkot. And one more interesting question. What do you think? Is it applicable not only for Jewish people, but for you, people of God? Let's read what uh, Prophet Zacharias said. I will read from the uh, book of Zechariah, chapter 14. I will read verses 16 to 19. Finally, everyone reminding from the old nations that came to attack Jerusalem, 
It's talking about the time after Armageddon. Armageddon. When two-thirds of the people of the earth, including two-thirds of the people of Israel, will pass it away. At the beginning of Messianic Kingdom. To Yerushalayim. Will go up every year to worship the king of the night's and to keep the festival of Sukkot. If any of the families of the earth doesn't go up to Jerusalem to worship the king of the night's no rain will fall on them. If the family of Egypt doesn't go up, if they refuse to come, they will have no annual overflow from the Nile. Moreover, there will be the plague with which Adonai will strike the nations that don't go up to keep the festival of Sukkot. This will be the Egypt punishment and the punishment of all nations that don't go up to keep the festival of Sukkot. So my dear brothers and sisters, it's very, very serious. It's saying that if any nation will not go up to keep the festival of Sukkot, not bless the name of Adonai, the feast of Sukkot, on this uh, moment, God will strike them. I can give you small advice from Jewish wisdom. If you want to be ready to meet our God, and I believe He will come soon, you have to learn, you have to uh, read the scripture from Jewish perspective and be ready. Be ready. King is coming. I'm working with Church of People Ministry and I hope all of all of you, one for family is good enough. Help our brochures. Please open up our brochures. You can find out information about our ministry. Our ministry has been established by former Orthodox Hungarian rabbi Leopold Cohen in 1894. We are more than 125 years old. What we are doing for all those years? We are doing any kind of evangelism and discipleship. We are planting congregations, doing Bible study, one-to-one work, seminars, conferences, you name it. We have wonderful evangelistic programs like short-term ministry opportunities. If you're interested to bring the gospel, especially for the Jews and equally for the Gentiles, we can teach you, we can equip you, we can give you opportunities to be on the streets of New York, Jerusalem, West Palm Beach, Germany. Another great opportunity with our ministry, tour to Israel. I would like to tell you in advance, it's not a regular Christian tour. If you will go with us, you will see Israel through Jewish eyes. And that's going to be life-changing event. On the back, you can find some information about me and my wife and how we can work together. Pray. Scripture saying that we have to pray one for another. As a missionary, I'm staying on the front line of spiritual warfare for the souls of Jews and Gentiles. 
As a missionary, I strongly needed and depended of your prayers for the souls of Jews and Gentiles. Support. Uh, I can be the best possible missionary in the world, but without your people, I can do nothing. You are the body, I'm just your arms and feet, and only together we can accomplish commandment from the scripture, bringing the gospel, especially for the Jews, and equally for the Gentiles. Learn more. I have book tables with a lot of materials. Let me uh, introduce to them some of you, some of them. I have brand new uh, Jewish calendars for this upcoming year. You can enjoy the calendar plus beautiful pictures of Israel. So it can be yours just for five dollars. I have few copies of complete Jewish Bible. The same Bible what I'm using. And you probably have noticed the specialty of this translation. I would like to remind you, the whole scripture has been written by Jews, about Jews, and primarily for Jews. So if you wish better understand scripture, you have, you have to go deeper into Jewish roots of the scripture. Another great book, what I have it, it's called Jewish New Testament Commentary. More than 900 pages in this book. I've heard uh, people told me dozens of times, if not hundreds. Boris, I don't know Old Testament, but I do know New Testament. You know what? I don't think so. Again, this book has been written by Jews and for Jews. Somebody can say Luke wasn't a Jew. Well, I can argue with you how often you can see a doctor who is not Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> Many people are curious what's going on in the Middle East. We have materials which are going to better understand what's going on in the Middle East from prophetical perspective. Come and get it. Of course, we have teaching materials like this messianic commentary on the book of Daniel, again, from messianic perspective. Why do we need such a kind of knowledge? Because with this knowledge, we can go and witness a scripture saying, especially for the Jews and equally for the Gentiles. Now, I would like to encourage all of you to follow all chosen people ministry tradition, which call it tear off the brochures. Please, not this way. No, 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 no. This way. I will count one, two, three in Hebrew, and we will tear off that small portion of the brochure. Please be ready. Echad, Stein, Shalosh. Give me good noise. Please keep this big portion of the brochure for yourself. With this small portion, please take a moment, take your pen and your pencil, and please print, please print your name, your address, or your email address, and you will begin to receive my personal prayer letter, and you will know what's going on 
in my ministry to Jewish people. On the back, please mark those programs in which you're interested in, and please return those lips back to me with your love offering, and may God bless you. It's been great it's, to learn about the feasts and, and the things that are going on. But, um, Ed, if you'll come and you have an opportunity to fill these out, um, if, if you will, you can drop them off in the uh, offering. Thank you. <laughs> but um, I just dropped it off in the offering and if you want to make out a check, you can make it out a check to, if you want to make it out to chosen people, you can. If you want to make it out to victory, you can. And we'll just give them one check. Um, it's up to you. Um, and we'll honor it uh, that way. Um, their ministry is vital to the Jews. They do a lot of work in helping the Jewish population. Um, there's a lot that I still have to learn about uh, the Jewish culture that that I still work on to this day. Um, so Ed, come, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's give. Father, again, we thank you and we praise you, Father, for what we have heard this day. Lord, the, the words that we've not known before, Lord, about the special feast and their understandings. Lord, I pray now as we receive this offering for Chosen People Ministries, I pray, God, that you will multiply it and bless it, Father, for the ministry that they have. Father, not just to the Jews, but the Gentiles alike. Lord, I pray that you would continue to use them and have your hand upon their ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.